Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, looking lovely in his four for four swag, Mr. Andy Molitor. How's it going today, bud? Good. Yeah, a lot of exciting things at four for four. They invented a tool that I don't even understand. And I'm not just <laughs> pimping them because they are part of the Betsperts Media and Technology Group family. But it's interesting because I do love game theory once I start to understand the actual game theory behind something. And I think I don't even understand what their tool does. That's how dumb I am with this. It's around best ball. And it's kind of an optimizer for like what your strategy should be as far as do I go running back, running back. And if I do that later in the best ball draft, should I go like wide oh, receiver here? And it, yeah, and it, it says it's it kind of builds out like an optimal strategy for your best ball drafts and they've been working on that for a while. So I might just like, I don't know if you do know TJ. Yeah. Um, I might just make him do a stream with me where he drafts with me and like teaches me best ball and we use the tool. Cause I'd love I'm to do it. This. I'd love to do a lot more best ball. Maybe we, maybe we just get him on here and have him talk best ball a little because it's kind of best ball season. I, I downloaded Underdog last year. I did one or two. They, and you know, obviously they didn't win because I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to do it for the experience of everybody else is doing this. So why not it's us? So I, I think I am going to actually do some heavy uh, some heavy best ball stuff this year. I'm not sure when the best time. I'm gonna, You know what? I'm just, I literally, TJ's in my Slack. He's in my work Slack. I should just message him, ask him how this should go and when I should maybe dip my toes. And I know people are already. So this will be uh this will be maybe, a, maybe a fun one for Andy because I love football. I'm kind of lukewarm on fantasy football. I do my drafts every year, but best ball is more up my alley. Cause the draft's the most fun part. Like they, that's what they nailed. Like do the draft and then just hands off. So it's a, oh, uh, such a great angle. The first time I remember somebody explaining that to me, I was like, wait a minute. Like there's no, like there's nothing. Oh my God. Like I don't have to worry about setting my lineup every week. This is fantastic. And I've seen even some leagues that'll have a little bit of a wrinkle on it where you can actually add players during the season, but it's a one waiver wire period. Like it's Tuesday, you put your stuff in, that's it. You move on with your life. And it's just so nice to not have to have that lineup sweat because there is nothing worse than, you know, if you have two quarterbacks you like starting the one one, a, a running back or a wide receiver you're debating on for flex and you just, you know, you're trying to kill yourself. And then when you start to get to those next levels of, you know, the strategy of it and stuff, the game theory is a lot more fun. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that's a God, that might be a thing we do next week. See if we talk some talk some best ball. I'm 90% sure we have a deal with Underdog too. So I might even be able to like give you guys a promo code. Those. Yeah, well, just code. like if yeah, if you don't have it, like and this this is not just me being Andy the Shill, but if you ever sign up for anything, DFS, Sportsbook or something, I don't care if it's from me. I would prefer it's from me. Man, you better have a promo code because they're going to give you something great to start. There's always going to be free money. So I'm going to check if we have a uh, underdog promo code. I'm 90% sure we do. Um, and then into the into the basketball. It is the NBA. I talked a little about it with Drew the other day. We uh, had Thor on last night. and He had to leave. And we ended up just talking a little more draft. And then we talked some NBA because the games were going on at that time. And 
we can't seem to figure out that some people listen to it as a podcast the next day and they don't give a shit about the third quarter of the Heat Celtics <laughs> game. But nevertheless, we talk about them. And we got to talking a little bit about the, the playoffs and how close we were. And I asked you and you said, yeah, they have these up. The odds are up live. And this is of this morning. Obviously, there's no games until later today. So these are static lines that are up probably until the games start. And then they'll come down. But we have yes-no odds for a bunch of teams over at our title sponsor, FanDuel. And I wanted you to just kind of take a once-over and see if you think there's anything that's silly one way or the other. The fact that it's a two-way market is nice. It's a heavy, heavy fig either way, but it's a two-way market at least. If you wanted to, you can bet some no's. I really doubt they'd let you parlay these, but who knows? <laughs> it probably depends it's a on lot. how good you are, yeah. it's, That's a tough. It's but it's so I'm looking at this, and the first one, honestly, that catches me is the first one on the list. Cavaliers no plus one eighty-four. Um, you know, you start to look at that. So the pathway here again, if if for those of you who don't remember, to make the playoffs, you got to make the top eight seeds. There's a play-in tournament for seven, eight, nine, and ten. Seven plays eight, the winner of that game will be the seventh seed. Nine plays ten, the winner of that game plays the loser of the first game. The winner of that third game becomes the eighth seed. So if you're the ninth seed, you've got to beat the 10 seed and then either the seven or eight to get in. So it's the same thing for the 10. If you're seven or eight, you just have to win that first game or win the next game. So that's kind of what you have to do. So as you start to look at these paths, I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers have the Nets here in the first game. They're going to lose that game. I mean, it would be just an absolute shock if they were able to win there. Now you're looking at a game with the Hornets or the Hawks. I think that Hawks-Hornets game is going to be really interesting. And again, not that this stuff is locked down, by the way. The Hornets are only half a game behind the net. So a lot of this stuff is pretty murky. I would say that, again, in my assumptions, we're going to see Cavaliers-Nets here. So the Cavs lose that first game. And I think they're going to be a small favorite over the Hornets, small favorite over the Hawks, wherever in that second game. And you know, as I start to look at some of that stuff, I mean, the underdog there, I just struggle to get to... I guess that number is more right than it's wrong. I guess I just was playing around with some stuff and came closer to maybe like one a 70 ish, but maybe knowing the Cavaliers is interesting. That's kind of a momentum play. Honestly, I think if the Cavaliers really come out poorly and lose that first game, or you think again, they just tumble. There's some just tightness there. Again, the Cavs could drop down a little further, but Cavs no is interesting. Clippers. Yes. Minus four thirty is aggressive. Um, They've got the Timberwolves there in the first game. Then they've got winner of Pelicans-Lakers or Pelicans-Spurs, it looks like. I mean, they probably win this, the second game, but that Timberwolves game is going to be almost a pick them there. So that's pretty aggressive. And I wonder if some of that is just an over-adjustment for Paul George being back. I I wonder about the Timberwolves price. I mean, there is a there is a non-zero chance in the last five games they play that they could get the sixth seed. They are two and a half behind the Jazz, though, and three behind the Nuggets. So I'd say the probability of the Timberwolves playing the play-in game pretty high right now. And honestly, like, minus 1,200 having to play. Again, you'd get to host. But what's what do you make a line right now just off the top of your head hosting the, you know, hosting the Clippers if they come in and they're looking good with PG and everything? 
See couple if I can point find what the line was for that left. I, I, no, I think it's more than a couple point favorites. If they're going to be at home against a Clippers team, I mean, I think you're looking at maybe six, almost seven points. Okay. See, I, um, I didn't know. I, I thought it'd be like a three point game. I didn't realize like the the spread would be quite that big. Maybe that twelve hundred isn't as bad. I guess if they lose that game hosting, I mean, they should be a decent favorite over you know the Pelicans, the Lakers, or possibly even the Spurs at that point too. So. I, maybe I would not lay that twelve hundred. That's not something, but I, yeah, it's I one of those situations uh, where I mean they're going to be, I think, a prohibitive favorite in both games. They also have the small chance again they sneak up to six. I, I have that pretty much a zero percent chance. It'd be hard for them to close a two and a half game gap with this few games left. Um, they have they have only five games left, so to close two and a half, they basically have to go four hard. and one five. They need and help from the Jazz. The Jazz sure. flub, but they'll be strong favorites over the Clippers, strong favorites over the Pelicans and or Spurs or Lakers if it's somehow those other two teams. So I think twelve hundred again, like you said, might be a little deep, but I mean again, look at the spread on that. Right, it's minus twelve hundred one way, plus six eighty the other way. So uh, it's hard just because there's not value on yes doesn't necessarily mean there's value on no. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah, I wish it were more like eight to one. I'd think about that and maybe play back the other way. Spurs, yes, seems like a bad, a bad play just in general. Like, you should there. There's an and again, we didn't put these odds on the screen, but you can bet the Spurs to make the play-in tournament at minus two seventy, and then you could take the Spurs as an underdog in L.A. against the hapless Lakers where they might get that win all of a sudden, you know, you're at, you know, almost two to one. And then you take the Spurs as a, what, eight point dog in Minneapolis or, or in LA at the Clippers. And straight up, like, I I really, I really just think, I think you get to a, I think you might get to a bigger number on the Spurs than 10 to one. If you were to parlay, make the play in tournament and then win two games. And that, that's a nice rollover. If, and not that I'm saying that's a good idea. I don't think the Spurs are doing any of that. Like the Spurs to not make the play in tournament seems, I'm surprised it's minus 270 to make the play in tournament. They are, the Lakers are plus 165. I did not look at schedules. But so I've got those fact, up right now. Yeah. Pretty what, what, even. Show me the Lakers. What's, the, what's going on with that? So the Lakers have one more game. The Lakers have seven left. The Spurs only have six, but the problem here, Andy, is that LeBron James looks like he's done for the year. We haven't seen Anthony Davis play. We haven't seen LeBron James play. And I think a lot of the stuff is being priced like it's Russell Westbrook and friends basically for the rest of the season. And as we've seen, that is not a good basketball team. So now the Spurs, they've got two games against Portland. They're going to win both of those because then it's Denver, Minnesota, Golden State, and Dallas. I mean, really tough finish to the schedule there, but Conversely, again, if it's Russell Westbrook and friends, they go Jazz, Pelicans, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors, Thunder, Nuggets. I mean, the Thunder is the only real guaranteed win there. Maybe they steal one off the Pelicans or catch a Denver team, maybe not totally focused in the last game of the season on the road there. But it's it's hard to find wins for the Lakers and maybe a little bit easier to find wins for the Spurs. It's It sure isn't going to be a... Um, a battle of who's going to finish the season well. It's going to be a battle of who finishes the season less terribly. I'm done with less terribly. <laughs> so, yeah, um, approach these with caution. Break down the schedules. Do a little mathing. Those a lot of them are just two lake parlays. 
right? Just figure out what yeah. the money line is on the seven, eight game, figure out what the money line would be on the nine, 10 game and do the math there. I, I ran some of those this morning. Again, most of them came out pretty close, kind of like the no on the Cavaliers, but a little hard to quantify that. There might be some value on no on the nets just because uh, it's things get kind of funky for them. But uh, again, the spread is so big on these. It's hard to find some value. And again, just because there's va- there's not value on one side, doesn't inherently mean there's value on the other. And the, the Nets have a very funny little caveat to this as the, the Raptors got the win as they just pulled away late. Very, uh, very Timberwolves-esque to not score in the fourth quarter. But the, the Raptors are not guaranteed, but they're sitting on a two-game lead over the Cavs right now. So it helps the Nets looks, a lot. It, it, yeah, it looks like they won't be in the play-in tournament. If, if, if the Raptors screw up and end up in the seventh seed – Boy, that hurts the Nets because they'd have to play in Toronto where they can't have all their players due to uh, vaccination stuff. So, like, the Nets are cheering for Toronto more than us at this point. And that's just such a funny little caveat to the whole season. I did try to parlay these. They obviously didn't let me. But I thought I, I took the Hawks to make the playoffs and the Timberwolves to make the playoffs. You should be able to parlay East and West. If they don't play each other in the last five games, I, I don't know. Give me that at least. I, I understand not letting me do that. I wouldn't let me do that. They're either. just trying those to avoid were, some risk. They yeah, those were at, those were at FanDuel. I'm sure you can around. shop around, and uh, they <laughs> might. You know, there's going to be prices up in other places too. So, uh, the actual NBA games tonight, you bet one, and your market influence sent the number into a tailspin. So apparently, it's tough, tough to give that away on the show but i mean let gloat a little let's let's talk clv right away 10 well, the important thing is Central. andy you got to follow me on betsperts alex underscore christensen you would have gotten over 225 at minus 105 we even got less than standard juice on this over 225 for the hawks cavaliers game it is now 228 and a half points pretty much right on my number i had it at 229 um should be a really fun game. Again, the Cavaliers continue to struggle, but as they struggle, they score more points. They're up and down the floor more without Jared Allen, as I've mentioned before. The defense isn't great. I know Dan is somewhere lurking in the chat, already trying to figure out how many points the Cavaliers are going to score because the Hawks, quote, don't play defense. Um, They'd sort of try, but it's not necessarily great. I mean, their totals have been in the 230s, 240s now for several weeks. And again, unless there's a really poor shooting night, I don't see the Cavaliers grabbing a hold of the pace of this game and, and keep and it's slow enough. So again, if that number start comes back to earth, I mean, if at any point it bumps back to 226, anything less than 227, grab some. But apologies uh, to anybody that missed it. Congratulations to anybody that got it. We're in a pretty good spot. And honestly, if it gets north of like 230 something, maybe we'll even middle for a little bit of fun here on a Thursday night. Now the I other games gonna, are. I was going to ask if it keeps going. There's a certain point where a five point middle in the upper 220s isn't so bad. Yeah, I'll try to look at that and figure out kind of where I draw that line. Now, the marquee game will, of course, be the Bucks playing the Nets. The Nets should have everybody here. The Nets two-point favorites. The Bucks should have everybody. I'm just going to enjoy this one. Should be a track meet. The total um, has been bet up a ton here, um, and I really don't even think it's just that little Canadian mush influence that we have there driving it up. This just should this should be a track meet. Um, the Nets have been really fun to watch. You've got the Clippers and the Bulls. 
like the Clippers there, but just a really messy schedule spot, so be careful there. Um, Lakers-Jazz, go to bed early. Don't stay up and watch the Lakers-Jazz game. It's going to be terrible. And then my Sixers are playing the Detroit Pistons. Very nervous. This feels like a blown fourth. This has blown fourth quarter cover written all over it. So if you are up watching the Sixers game, let's do what we did the other night with the Bucks and just uh, take them at the start of the fourth quarter. If the Sixers are up by a decent margin, grab the Pistons live, whatever number you got. Yeah. At least, at least you didn't go full fatalist. I thought you were going to say blown fourth co- fourth quarter win. Like, <laughs> no, we're going to we, we, sh- we, we should be able to beat far. the Pistons. You now, yeah. this is this has a bead nonsense kind of written all over it. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, Texas open. Speaking of the Spurs, this is in San Antonio, home of the Alamo, home of a beautiful TPC course that Dan and I. Did a little did a little walk around yesterday. We walked 18, looked at all of it. It was kind of a tricky course, even with the wind off. Boy, there was some there's some nasty like saddle structures to some of these greens where it looks real big, but there's not that many spots you'd want to land because it'll tail off into a bunker or trickle down into a lower tiered area. They're they're false really, fronts, we call them. Yeah, really, yeah, false fronts, false sides, and then tiered bunk or tiered greens where you know the, the green is x amount of big but you have like 30 percent of it to work with unless you want to putt up a damn hill mini so, putt-esque yeah very, very i love tricky. those courses i'm a big fan this of that. Is, big greens yeah. with small areas you want to hit in i think that's a nice little extra layer of thought to add to those chip shots and those shots in yeah obviously uh, everyone's looking forward to next week it is a much better much bigger tournament but they still will play this i still will bet on it i have a couple outrights from yesterday not doing too bad i gave up bryson siwoo and steel it looks like siwoo is two off the pace i think steel is right there as well yes he's two under through seven the leader is oh matt jones is now five under never mind they're three back matt jones is gonna run away with first round leader i do have some matchups that i played already those i posted in the betsports golf discord a couple of them are off not all of them not all of them are ready to go and food snobs giving me shit about costa rica like <laughs> i did i was gonna say like dan when it becomes 11 30 eastern dan says all right it's 11 30 you guys ready to go and i i said you know thank god this is the only show i have to do today because i did this then i played golf with dan then I did the golf round table because I needed a fourth. And then I did the deep dive for an hour and a half. And honestly, I was so tired of doing content and I'm sure people are sick of seeing my face. And I thought at the end of all of it, the only blessing, the only blessing from all that, other than just spending time with great people and talking sports for a living, is that I did not bet any of those US props because the game was like at seven. And by the time like lineups and stuff were out, I was in the middle of everything. I finally did see someone tweet a tweet about the match. I'm like, oh shit, it did start. And then I went back and looked and seen if they started. Dan let me know they they kind of went halfway in between, but they played some guys who had yellows. So congrats to Dan and Food Snob for being a little more right on the stupid Costa Ricans than me. So at least I didn't at least I I didn't pull the trigger on those plays. I said I might pull the trigger on. Sorry if uh, you did. And Dan, yeah, sorry that you forgot to bet. New Zealand. Oh, he did bet some New Zealand over the Solomon Islands. Solomon Islands minus two and a half. They put a five spot on him. Just laid it. 
laid it down. So, yeah, the U.S. continues to struggle with Costa Rica. But I am back in Texas, as a lot of these golfers were in the Caribbean over the last week. But they're up there now. And just some quick plays here. Some guys I'm fading. Greens and regulation percentage less predictive here. Still important to me. I'm looking for some good ball strikers because these fairways are tough to hold. Almost like you say with a green, it's a tough to hold green. These are tough to hold fairways with some heavy, heavy, uh, you know, like areas that just, it's almost like a false side on a fairway where it'll just run off into the rough. If you don't find, it's not even the middle. There are fairways where you have to find the 40% of the right side. Otherwise it's going to tail off and go into the second cut. So I need some good ball strikers who are halfway accurate off the tee. I'm not even so worried about length because this is a, is a tough second shot course. So good second shots led in by good first shots. And then from there, I don't give a shit. Hopefully you putt good guys. I'm not really going to put putting into the equation this week at all. So Camillo Vegas, not Camillo Vegas, Camillo Vegas, not Johnny Vegas over Andrew Novak. I'm fading Sahith again. That hasn't worked out super good, but I still am not super keen on his track record despite being on TV a lot on a Sunday one time. Um, Patrick Rogers over him. JJ Spawn over Poulter. I mentioned Poulter already. I want to say Poulter is one of the earlier ones. He goes off maybe in like half hour or so. And then Charles Howell the third, Chucky Three Sticks over Lanto Griffin as my final one. Those four, along with the outrights yesterday, hopefully Steel or Siwoo can climb up the leaderboard, get a little closer to the the Luke Lists and the Matt Jones of the world. They, yeah, the top five right now. Matt Jones, Luke List, Matt Kuchar, Russell Knox, and Mav McNeely. Mav McNeely was a very popular DFS play for some people this week, so good for them despite it being chalk. I like it. I mean, honestly, a lot of those names I've never seen before. If you ask me who Patrick Rogers or Andrew Novak was, I assume they were like mid-level managers at some sort of large company. Yeah, I couldn't pick Andrew Novak out. I would assume he he manages us staples at some point. So I can dig it. I'm not sure who some of these people are from uh when that when you go on like DraftKings and they don't have a picture, they just have the grayed out face silhouette. Like that's how you know. That's where you know you're really getting that's into not the a weeds. good sign, no. Yeah, you're getting you're getting into the weeds there. Um no better. That'd be a big Miami. moment as a player when you get your picture up there. I think so. I'd be if I'm like one of those players' mothers, I'm sending it in. Like, you get Andrew's picture on there right now. I'd be pissed if he was the great out. So honestly, I'd be pissed if my Phil, the Phil photo that a lot of places use is still so rough. Especially since he has a lot better photos. Either way, Miami semifinals happening, both of them today. And then what time is our final? Is like Saturday evening, I suppose. Yeah, they'll give him a day off and then we'll have something Saturday, probably afternoon, maybe Saturday evening. We'll see. Depends what's sure. going on that day. It's, but two matches tonight. Chalky. Nope. Well, this afternoon, I guess. One this afternoon, one tonight. Yeah, yeah. it looks really chalky. Uh, no bets for me here. I thought about maybe an over in Benchitz Osaka, but that number kind of came out close to what I thought it should be. Maybe a play on Benchitz. She's been playing some great tennis, and she's, again, one of those women who, when she's at her best, can beat just about anybody. But Osaka is sort of warming back into form. I don't know if she's back to being Naomi Osaka, but she's also at a really high level, and you know, at her best is probably the best hardcore player in tennis right now. So 225 on Osaka makes sense. 
I'm going to talk myself into a bet on Pagula, probably just for fun or something, but on a clock, either I will have talked myself into it or had enough to drink that I'll just put a bet on it or something. Plus 400, there's a little bit of value in that number. I have it closer to 350, which, again, when you get to numbers that big, it's I need a little bit more of an edge. It doesn't just, you know, that 60 points doesn't move the number terribly much from a percentage standpoint. So 410, again, a little bit of value there, but Igesh Wiontek continues to be the best player on tour. Um, really excited to see hopefully a final with her in Osaka. So, you know, maybe a Pagula be a little bit of a double emotional hedge. Hey, I like Pagula B. I want to see an Osaka spy tech final here, but yeah, these numbers kind of came out right again. I don't know. It's I, I'd say bet the dogs if you want to really bet something, but I think the favorites move on here and we'll have a pretty big name final. Yeah, the difference between 410 and 350 and implied probability is 22.2 to 19.6. Just off the top of my head. So a couple percentage points difference in your uh in your modeling. I would I wouldn't mind betting that though. I like to I would cheer for Pagula. I may it's I, really I thought close. about that. It's almost worth a sprinkle. And again, like I said, I'll probably talk myself into it. If you what was the total on that one? I was gonna ask if you had to bet if I made you pick one, the over or Pagula plus one and a half. Over. Over? Okay. I might I might just do that. I the total's 19 and a half. I made it a, a cheap 20, so again, kind of in range there, but lean over, lean Pagula. All right, all right. Maybe I will take that. I, I'm going to enjoy these. Like, not only is golf on all day, but these are for, like, high-end women's tennis matches, despite some heavy favorites. Like, Pagula's a very good player. Pagula's been pretty deep in some tournaments over the past six months so i'm, I'm you're not doing anything it's three o'clock eastern and you haven't seen tennis this osaka vengeance match is going to be great if you need a little break from the golf see if you can find tennis channel or maybe some other way to do it um and uh watch that it should be great yeah uh xavier and texas a&m will take each other on tonight not alabama a&m not Alabama AM. I've run out of California those, teams. those, those sort of teams A&M? are not yeah, those sort of teams are not playing. We are right down to the last game. So this is six PM tonight. Fresno and Coastal Carolina. I think so. I think the Fresno Coastal Carolina game actually got bumped to tomorrow. I feel like there's some scheduling issues where like Fresno couldn't get to get to Carolina or something along those lines. But either way, the NIT final, Xavier, Texas AM. That's uh, happening tonight on a neutral court. So don't go taking anything uh, into account there. It will be at the Mecca right across the street, uh, down the road from Alex, down way down the road from Dan, um, out in the the New York City area, I believe is where Madison Square Garden is. But at Xavier, yes, Texas A&M over. I know we end up with a Texas A&M team that has a pretty good defense at sometimes a slowish pace sometimes i'm looking for xavier to drive this pace a little i don't think xavier has the defense to really limit AM, and they're going to have to play at a quicker pace keep it up i wish these teams shot better from three but we've seen these teams score some bigger like what xavier put up on the bodies especially in the first half is the kind of offense i'm expecting and again we we did see a and m kind of impose their will defensively against wake and washington state i think xavier's offense can get a little better results than god those teams scored in like the 50s 
either way, this is predicated on Savior's offense being able to drop 70 tonight. So over 137, 137 and a half, a lot of places. I'm uh, I'm fine with that. The NIT, yeah, the NIT is the National Invitational Food Snob. It is actually older than the NCAA tournament. It has been. It doing was the it national championship a, tournament at one point, right? Yeah, they they've they've been doing it for a trillion years, and I don't know where they come up with all these other tournaments. I suppose it's just money at this point. Like we can make a few bucks hosting the College Basketball Insiders, or there used to be something called the Vegas Sixteen. I'm fine with this many tournaments. Like if they had tournaments where all 358 teams played a postseason tournament, I think the bottom one would be hilarious. Like all these teams that won like two games all year getting to play in just like the the shit bottom tournament. They should put it somewhere horrible, like Tulsa. Sorry. I had this idea up. for a bowl game. Yeah. Find like the tiniest yeah, town in Minnesota, like the saddest town in Minnesota. You have the, and it was back when they had the BCS when they literally ranked every team for the BCS. And you find the bottom two teams of the BCS, you put them in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, and you get spam to host it. And it's the spam best of the worst bowl. The spam to, not have to, have to be, be last near Austin bowl. then. Yeah, I'd put it near Austin. That's where spam is made. There's a little town south of Austin called Andysville, just like you'd think it's spelled. It's not even really a town. I don't think it's incorporated. <laughs> Andysville, Minnesota, spam invitational. I'm down with that. With that, we've this has been a long show. We bullshitted for a long time. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us in the chat. Thanks for joining us all week. We'll be back one Another more day. Good chat day. Well done. Hit the yeah, great job by the chat. Hit the thumbs up in the YouTube channel. That helps somehow um, to make sure other people can find it. It just um, makes Andy somehow. feel better. And it does help me. I, I don't understand. It does something with the SEO algorithm. So thumbs ups are good. You know, what's even better. A comment. If you ever want to leave a comment on the YouTube channel, that's good too. Just say hi. Say, hey, Andy, what's up? Hey, Alex, what's cracking? Anything you want. Pick a, whatever word pops first into your phone and auto text. Yeah, word association. <laughs> All right. So I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.